On today's episode of More Important Issues, we talk vol hoops, we look at the National Signing Day, and the rest of this 2019 recruiting class. Today's segments include Jumbotron and Stupidity is an Epidemic. More Important Issues is brought to you by MomBookie. Guys, I know the Super Bowl is over, but there's still plenty to bet on. You have college basketball, NBA basketball, NHL, and even esports. MyBookie has the best bet this season, but you don't have to believe me. Check it out yourself. And guys, they'll even help you out to start your bankroll this season. If you enter the promo code ISSUE, they will match your deposit by up to 50%. That's promo code ISSUE, I-S-S-U-E. Head on over to MyBookie today. You play, you win, you get paid. Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, February 6th. I'm Caleb Mitchell. Joining me, Landon Raby. The Vols are still ranked number one. They're By February 5th, we reached 21 wins. That's the earliest time they've ever, I think in the history, have reached the fastest to 21 wins ever. It's crazy. I mean, this team is, they get better every, every day. I mean, and last... Last night wasn't perfect by any means. It wasn't. But there were, there were some guys play better. Eves Ponce, to mention. Um, he's he's definitely a guy who I thought played better. Um, I mean, and then you got some – I think you got more minutes from Jalen Johnson last night, too. I didn't look at the final. No, he only played two. Just kidding. Um, but overall, it's a win. A win is a win. Probably could have played better. Um, but – I don't really – I mean, you beat a Missouri team that you should have beat by 12. Yeah, and I thought Missouri – I thought they played good defense. And yeah. As we mentioned um, last show, that they do play good defense. Um, and we played really good defense. That's what helped us a ton. Yeah, I feel like this was probably our best defensive showing probably in SEC play. Yeah, and it's, it was one of our – I mean, offense wasn't terrible, but it was probably one of our – more poor offensive. Yeah, and, and we I, shot 49% from yeah. the field. The, the first half, I think, is what really made that offensive uh, game look bad. And I felt like I feel like we were forcing a lot of shots we don't normally force. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call it Jordan Bone. I don't know if he just felt like maybe there's some, been some hype around, so he felt like he needed to make a play. Um, there were times down the court where I feel like he had that pull-up jumper from the free throw line that's beautiful, and he makes a lot, and he missed a few that I felt like he didn't need to shoot those. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's no big deal. We won. He still had uh, 11 points. Um, he was 5 of 13 from the field goal. Uh, not a lot to complain about. I, ju- I just feel like we had a lot of four shots. I feel like Lamonte Turner, he would drive down the court, and I guess you get that tunnel vision where you see the you see the hole and felt like he forced. There were two shots I, I can think of that I feel like he forced. He did go to the free throw line on one of those. Yeah. Um, so you did, you did get that of, out of it. But at the same time, I feel like a player like that can pull it out, run an offensive possession, and be fine. Little things that you're nitpicking at because when you win by 12 points, you almost have to nitpick things to to find something to fix. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, talking about defense, I feel like we didn't give up anything in the paint. They, If they were hit, hitting shots, I feel like we did a better job of closing out on, on the three-point um, three shooters and, you know, at least getting a hand up. Yeah. At least making it a little bit more difficult on teams when they're not shooting wide open threes. But we didn't give up hardly anything in the paint besides, you know, a couple of offensive rebounds from um, Tillman. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, we had nine blocks. 
Right. Like, that's that's insane. Uh, and Kyle Alexander had four of those. I thought he played really well last night. Um, he got him some offensive stats, got an assist, eight rebounds, two offensive rebounds. So, you know, that's huge to get him, you know, involved in the offense. And I, I think it helps his, his defense out as well. Because mm-hmm. I know um, – you know, the past couple of games, he, he's been in foul trouble, so it was nice to get a 30 minutes out of him. And, you know, it, it showed um, how good we are with him on the court. Absolutely. You talked about um, how we played really good defense. There are very few threes left open. And, and usually, I mean, these teams are at least moving the ball around um, against us pretty well when they do get wide open threes. But those were limited last night. And mm-hmm. they were still – I thought Missouri still hit a few shots that – they probably don't hit most of the time, um, but they they went in the other night, uh, and it does happen. I thought I thought Pons played better defense. I feel like he was manned up though when he it was he wasn't helping in zone when yeah. he was in the game, and that helps mm-hmm. him. He's he's going to be faster than everybody he guards, um, and he's stronger. He can fight through screens, and he he was able to do that one time. Uh, I think it was Geist ran all the way around. Uh, he started on one wing, ran all the way around another wing, and then cut across the court and couldn't lose Pons. And he he went through like two screens to do that, and then yeah. all that traffic mixed in, and that I mean that just shows when he's just manned up on somebody, they're not going to get past him. Um, and but, he had a good showing last night offensively. I feel like he just needs confidence on offense. And I, th- I think seeing the ball um, go down for once was definitely was definitely helped him out. Get yeah, two more shots. I think him going to the free throw line first mm-hmm. helped him a ton. Like he was like, all right, I can I can do this, and then he had that alley oop that he's going to make. Right. Um, and that was big. Got the crowd really loud, and that's big for him. And then he scored another bucket to go on top of that. And six points is when you get seven minutes from a guy and where Pons is at and how in the rotation, you can't ask for much more than six points, um, one rebound, two assists, a block. Yeah. I mean, th- those are enough stats from that guy. Um, we've kind of talked about if we can get those stats from our bench, we're not asking for a ton because you know you're – besides Bowden, because you know you're going to get a ton from Bowden. Mm-hmm. Um we're not asking for a ton of stats from Fulkerson, Pons, Walker, and and now uh, Jalen Johnson. We just need them to score score a little bit, uh, rebound, and be able to play defense. Because because yeah, we've got four, five, maybe six other guys who can score in double digits every other night. Yeah, and, and this game showed how balanced this team is, where no one was able to just go off, but everybody is you know right over double digits or, or you know right before it. So. You know, creep into him. Yeah, creeping. Um, it, it just proves how good this team actually is from top to bottom. And you know, the the it was closer than I guess what we wanted, but it also like was never in doubt. It never. It, it felt close before we went on that ten or we're on a twenty four run. run twenty four four run. Yeah. So before we got on that run, it did feel a little close, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was like I think they were up by one, like kind of back and forth there for a minute. And it never felt like they had control of the game. It was just kind of stuff like, we need shots to fall. Um, I, I mean, I think they hit a big three to open up the game. And it was just like, but it never felt in doubt. It never felt like it was going to get out of hand their way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you're definitely, with this team, you're like, someone's going to start making shots. Um, and and, and I, I don't know, did you, you were at the game last night, yeah, correct? Yeah, okay. I ended up going. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you just watched it at home like I did, you heard the, I think it was um, Jimmy Dykes. He was one of the guys. Yeah, the I think he was like, you know, Tennessee is at its best when the ball's popping. Mm-hmm. When you're moving the basketball, you know, everybody's moving around in the offense. That That's when you get open shots. And I feel like Tennessee does such a good job of passing the ball. 
and when they're able to to pop the ball around and get it to everybody, I feel like that is that is when they're most dangerous. Yeah, that's why I don't want to see us shoot early in the shot clock really ever. I mean, obviously there's times for it. There's an yeah. exception to every rule, but right, that right there, when we move the ball around, we're there. We're so balanced. Pretty much any guy on the floor is gonna be able to take a shot. Yeah. So move the ball around. Get get. Kind of assume unless you have a great look that there's a better look ahead. Yeah. Um. Because, you know. Our five versus their five, we're better at every position. Right. So everybody should touch the ball at least once before yeah. they – And I feel like that happens a lot on possessions unless someone just gets a great look. And and usually the guys creating their own looks are Bone, Bowden, now Turner, um, and really Grant, and sometimes Schofield. But I'd say for the most part, everybody else is – they're not really going to create their own looks. They're, they're going to receive the ball and, and make one move and go, and that's it. Yep. Um, but, those, you know, we have four guys on the team, five if you include Schofield in that – I just feel like he doesn't create a lot um, that create their own shots all the time. Bowden's gotten really good at um, driving and, and having that stop pull up jumper from 15 feet, just like Bone does with that at the foul line. Um, I mean, just a lot of guys who can create. Lamonte Turner's got he gets better every game. I just I do feel like he forced a lot last night, and I feel like he didn't. He wasn't a big part of the game, so maybe that's why he felt like when he had the ball, he had to create and mm-hmm. do stuff. Uh, it definitely felt like. The ball was in Bone or Bowden's hands more more often than Turner's. Uh, but he had like last four night. assists like within like three minutes of the game. Oh, he was. I mean, at, at first, I think he. I would say in the first half, he probably had more minutes than Bone. I don't know if it just took a minute for Bone to get going. Yeah. And then in that second half, he definitely took a a back seat to that. Mm-hmm. And which again, it's good that we now have because guards win you championships. Yeah. So the fact that now we have three, four, if you include Schofield, and that four guards that are had the ability to play really good basketball any given night. That makes you just a really dangerous team. And it's obvious that uh, I think Jalen Johnson was the third guy off the bench, uh, maybe the fourth, um, off the bench the other night. So it's obvious you're trying to get him more minutes. And all the guys on the team keep saying he's probably one of the best on this team. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he'll be here by March, but that's a good sign that you do have a guy you may – hopefully not, but you may need to go back on for any number of reasons um, that you're starting to get into the rotation get some minutes for him. Yeah, and the turnovers last night, especially Grant Williams. You know, Bone had three of his own, but you know he's the point guard. I, you can't have, you can't be a post player and have four turnovers. Yeah, and you mentioned Bone having turnovers. It's going to happen when you're trying to yeah. create create stuff. Yeah. So I mean, and, and we cut him, the second half. I think we only had one. Um, in the first half, I think we had seven. Yeah. So I think know, that's Grant Williams though. Them going after them, really attacking him, and yeah, how they're, how they did definitely double teaming yeah. and, and trying not to to let him take over a game, which he was still able to grind out thirteen points. Yeah. I mean, they definitely didn't want they didn't definitely didn't want him to have a huge impact on the game. Yeah, they tried to, but that's a good thing again about this Tennessee basketball team is that if Grant doesn't get it done, someone else on the court's going to get it done. Yeah. Who, who's going to take away? Yeah, if you hold Grant to two points, no big deal. Somebody else will come and, and take those over. Um, he's not. We're not just funneling the ball into him every possession now, yep. which sometimes that needs to be the case. We talked about in a few games this year, but we don't. You know, that's not how it is all the time. Honestly, that Missouri team played pretty good last night. Uh, I was pretty impressed because they're just too. They're 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 not great, but they played pretty good last night. Mm. Um, I, I doubt that'll keep up. We talk about how we're getting everyone's best shot, and that's true, and it'll stay true. I think for <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna meet after. Last night, I, I think that would probably be the only team left that we would meet that I'd say is probably demoralized and, or yeah, like I, I wouldn't think a team like that may not give you their best run because they're not demoralized. Maybe Vandy, 
everybody else is definitely going to give you their best shot. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, hopefully Vandy's demoralized by them because they definitely gave us a really good shot last time. So it'd be nice to cruise to a victory there. Sitting, sitting and relaxing during a game is nice. Sometimes it's fun to you know be loud and cheer the whole time, but it's also nice to be relaxed. Yeah, and it's a lot better than getting blown out. Yeah, I could have left early too. Again, it was a late game. I thought about it and I was like, nope, do not. You'll you'll never forgive yourself if you leave games early that we're dominating. Yep. Because I'll there'll be a time I know as Take a Tennessee fan there'll be a time I have to sit there while we're getting blown out. So yep, enjoy it. Um, I did. I enjoyed it. Looking forward. You got Florida on Saturday. Check your check your TBA, man. I, I don't know why people are hating on it. Um, I also forgot until someone mentioned we checkered TBA, which we lost, but we checkered it against Kentucky, which that wasn't a fan led one. They actually like had the shirts laid out um, in 07. Hmm. So I'd forgotten about that. And we lost. We lost, but it was the lower bowl. The upper bowl wasn't checkered and it wasn't fan led. Whereas like the, you know, the first time we did it for football against Oklahoma was fan led. So it's like, yeah, I think it's cool though. Um, and I love a lot of people proved a good point. I think it was Chad Fields tweeted this. He was like, everybody said to wait until we're good to start checkering again. Well, why are you complaining now? Like, <laughs> this is the time to do it. Right. And I feel like this is the team to do it, too. Like, it's going to be loud. It, it's a Saturday game against a rival um, that, you know, you ended the, the game last time in Gainesville <laughs> with a lot of controversy because everyone was calling, you know, Tennessee classless. And obviously the Tennessee fans didn't like that. Chomp it, boys. Um, Tennessee players didn't like it either. And, yeah, I hope we I hope we chomp again. Yeah. I mean, we should. Chomp them right out of Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, just looking back at the last game, um, what's crazy is that wasn't our best lineup. Um, Bone was just starting to play really good basketball. He wasn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten better since we were in Gainesville last. Um, that ain't, you know, that's Kyle's gotten better. <clears throat> Bone's gotten better. Turner's gotten better. Those are three guys who've improved since the last time they've seen us. Um, we hope Pons is on the, you know, on the he's trending in the right direction. Uh, Walker, if he plays, he didn't play last night. If he plays Saturday, he's playing a little bit better, especially on the defensive end, which is where we need him. This is a dangerous team, and Florida's kind of stayed the same. Yeah, they're they're a pretty good defensive team. Uh, we had 13 turnovers against them. Um, they've lost three of four, and the one win in that four game span was an overtime win against Old Miss. Which I've got as a notable win. Ole Miss has been playing really good basketball. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good win for them. It yeah. was in Gainesville. Yeah, and you know the last the last game we had with them, Grant pretty much dominated twenty right. points, nine rebounds. Um, I was talking about them being good on defense. They averaged seven point five steals and four point four blocks per game. Um, and the last game we we played them, um, Alexander and Schofield were both in foul trouble. Right, and Schofield um, was still shooting and. He shot pretty good last night, too. But yep. he was shooting pretty good going into that Florida game as well. Yeah. Um, and Auburn just beat Florida um, last night, 76-62. to 62, And it was the first time Auburn has beat them in in the plane, on the planes, in the planes, whatever you call it. Um, on, on? Yeah, probably on. On, on yeah. Um, on Auburn's home court since 1999. Oh, wow. I didn't know that stat. Uh, I mean, I think something notable to take from uh, last time we played them was our bench production. But you had Turner and Bowden both coming off the bench, and Turner was turning. He was turning the tide for himself. Started playing really good basketball. That's when I think that's when you started to say, you know, how soon are you going to start changing this lineup up? Because at that point, you'd already said Bowden's probably not coming off the bench or probably not going to start. 
they like him coming off the bench. Then Turner worked his way into that lineup where he's now starting. So I think, I mean, I think bench production is big because if you look at, I think it was their Auburn game, they had 21 points. Or no, was it our game? Yeah, they, against us, they had 21 points off their bench. Um, so I think getting into this bench production is going to be pretty big for both teams. Both teams have pretty good starters. You talked about the defense they play. They can rebound the ball um, just about with anybody. But Kentucky out-rebounded them by almost 10. Yep. Um, that's a team that wore them out on the glass. And it's not like Kentucky is just dominant in their size this year. They're not a team that should own the glass like that every game. Yep. Um, now us, I feel like we should. We've, we've struggled, though. We've struggled on our defensive end allowing offensive rebounds. We still normally out-rebound them there. But there's just offensive rebounds that shouldn't be given up that are. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what's causing that that right now. Guys not you know getting in the right positions early, and a lot of that is is teams being able to just tip the ball out. There, I don't think we've had a single not a single. We haven't had a lot of offensive rebounds just get grabbed off the board. Yeah. Um, the ball's getting tipped around. So we've got to try to. I think we've got to try to avoid that against Florida because um, they will they will rebound with you. We did out rebound them by almost. We out rebounded them by eight. Um, yeah, with and, Kyle Alexander in yeah. foul trouble, so you know that was a big that was a big key for us. And this game, we beat them. Um, we beat them good, but I think the the eleven point victory was not, um, you know, wasn't exactly how the game went. I felt like it was closer. We scored a couple buckets there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think if you were just going to write it down, probably like a five point victory. Something like that, a six-point victory. Yeah, and we went out and scored a couple buckets at the end of the game. And that, chomped. Yeah, and then chomped. But this this game's you're in Knoxville. Um, I mean, we we know how to attack this team. I don't think any of their guards are fast enough to to wear us out on yeah. ball screens. Um, maybe you know maybe Locke. He he scores a lot of. I think he's their leading scorer. Or is it Allen? Allen's their leading yeah, scorer for the year. Um, so. Though I mean those are really Hayes is a Hayes is a pretty good not Hayes is a good rebounder. Someone else is leading in rebounds. Need to pull that up. Sorry. No, Hayes is is leading it in is. rebounds. Okay, and yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so Hayes Hayes is their leader rebounder. Johnson also who doesn't I think he started against Auburn. I think it was flipped for them. Uh he also rebounds pretty well. And that's really about it for them. Those are their main rebounders. Yeah. It's it's a lot it's not like it's getting spread around. I definitely feel like this is a similar team to Missouri. I feel like they're good defensively. Yeah. Don't really have a, a ton of bigs, but are able to get rebounds um, and, and like to shoot the three. Yeah. They're uh, their bigs. The good thing is that their bigs do all the rebounding. Um, whereas I feel like we do a good job of rebounding as a team. Yeah. We have, you know, Kyle Grant who lead us in rebounding, but you have, you talked about Bone the other night, how he's getting five rebounds a game. Yeah. Not, I don't know if that's what he's averaging, but lately that's, that's probably right. been right, right about it. Schofield obviously goes and gets rebounds. He's a big body. Um, Pons can rebound. Bowden and Turner both rebound well. We rebound as a team. Um, it's not just our bigs. Where I feel like Florida, if you look at their stats, really just their bigs are rebounding. So that'll be big for us. That's probably why we out-rebounded them last time. Um, this is a matchup you should go in. Uh, limit their three-point play because they can shoot the three. Um, as a team, they're at 37%, I believe. They have got... Every, all their three-point shooters are 35 and above. They've got a guy shooting 42%. They can shoot the three ball. Last time out, they, they hit 12 threes against us. That kept them in the game. Uh, if you limit those, they're out of the game early. They, they don't shoot exceptionally well um, other you know other than the three-point ball. Their, their field goal is probably below average. They don't want the smoke. So 
limit Long limit run. them at the limit them from three point range, and I think you'll be all right. Yeah, and we're playing at four o'clock on ESPN. We're not finally playing. They'll, you know um, there'll be a 2 o'clock game going to overtime or something. Yeah. So we'll yeah. be playing on ESPN News. Yeah, so just playing ESPN on News for the first, like, five minutes of the game. Um, yeah, that that's ridiculous. Tuesday night was – I really want somebody to explain to me why the hell the number one team in the country is playing a 9 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. And then got moved, right? And then got moved, moved to ESPN, ESPN News and then back to ESPN2. That makes no sense whatsoever. And we got bumped for Michigan State losing to Illinois. Yeah. Again, Michigan State losing, and we get bumped. Stupid. I, I just, I mean, move, move the po- that. It's game. the policy, man. It's move, all about yeah. the policy. Move that game. What's the difference? What's I want to know what the difference is in moving the games. Yeah. And then I don't know when they moved it last night, but when we played uh, West, not West Virginia, who we start late on. It was that Tuesday night game last week, or Wednesday night, whatever night it was. Uh, South Carolina Tuesday yeah. night. They started us on ESPN News, and then in the middle of the game, flipped us. Or no, it wasn't. It was A and M in the middle, like in the middle of the run of play, flipped us. They didn't wait for a timeout or anything. Yeah, they flipped us SEC Network. We were SEC alternate, and they flipped us SEC Network in the middle of play. Then flipped us to ESPN. Yeah, the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, it's stupid. It makes no sense. But I don't get it. You know, if if I'm if I'm going to fight somebody, and I think. Coach Barnes uh, mentioned who he would take off the team. Guess who he said? If he's going to fight somebody? Yeah, who he's taking with him. Schofield, for sure, right? Lamonte Turner. <laughs> he is the first one always. Dude, ever, that uh, man is always looking for a fight. I'm probably taking Schofield, though. Sorry, Barnes. Yeah, I mean. You take the bigger body. Unless Barnes believes in him. Maybe Barnes is a scrapper. But <laughs> who's going to throw the first bunch? You could always count on Lamonte to throw. He's going to throw a haymaker from the from the top rope. Yeah, yep. Um, the last I'm going to mention Florida's against Auburn and Kentucky because I think they're similar matchups to us. They're also some of their later latest games. Uh, Auburn in their matchup shot 48 percent from the field, 36 percent from three point, 29 rebounds, 14 assists, eight steals. They did have 10 turnovers, but they won 76 to. Why did I not write Florida's score down? I don't know. Um, oh, you mean oh, 76, 62. 62. Yeah. So that that's what Auburn did. To, I mean, again, similar stats to us, but also, you know, probably similar in talent. Kentucky shot 41% from the field, 29% from three, 46 rebounds, 13 assists. They had 12 turnovers, 65 to 56, 54, sorry. Um, like you said, Florida has the ability to create turnovers. Uh, so limit those. Move the ball around. You, you you talked about that against Missouri. When you when you move the ball around, you create a lot. We're gonna We're going to have over 15 assists. Go for that twenty mark because when you when you move the ball around you normally you avoid turnovers when you don't have guys just putting it on the floor the whole time. Um, I think big big in this Florida game is being patient, moving the ball around, and um, defending the three. I think you win the game, and that's kind of been the, that's kind of been the case the whole year. Not a lot of teams match up well against us. Florida's another team that doesn't match up well against us. Yeah, they don't want it. So they don't want the smoke. Give it to them. I don't even care if Billy Donovan doesn't coach there anymore. I hate him and. Every time we beat Florida, I just want to think about Billy Donovan and his stupid haircut losing. I'm thinking about Joe Kim Noah. That dude, that dude too. Who was it that like punched him in the face? Not really. Punch, I think it was an elbow. Who but punched? He, it was a Tennessee player. When we played him, I think it was in Florida, he got an elbow in the face and like blood. It was awesome. Who was that? I don't remember. In my head, I'm going to say it was Dane Bradshaw because he's white and I love it. <laughs> also, he has to be the smallest. He would never play as a forward. He'd probably never make a roster because he, he was a forward. Yeah. So and he was he was not that big. 
It's amazing how like the game of basketball has changed in such a short amount of time. Stephen Pearl, that was my man. <laughs> Heck yeah, I love Stephen Pearl. Dude, big, like big old he nose. was actually not that bad. No, he wasn't. He was bad coming in. Yeah. He was like John Fulkerson. He he was. I mean, he was good giving you a few minutes off the bench. Yeah. So I'll good. credit you, Stephen Pearl. Yeah. And now you're a roided up strength coach at maybe Auburn now, or did they fire him when all that went down? I don't know. I don't know where he's at. It was just a barbecue. <laughs> it was just a barbecue. Yep. Imagine if we still imagine if that barbecue didn't happen. We probably wouldn't have Rick Barnes. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a blessing. It's true. Kind of a blessing. Um, if you're planning to go to the Florida game. Yeah, I'd like to tell you about our friends over at Tick Splits, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticket providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges, at Tick Splits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TickSplits.com and enter promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR. TickSplits, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. Guys, go check them out. Head on over there. I don't know what you're waiting on. You've got a, lot of, you've got a few games left, but not a lot. So if you want to go see your number one ranked Tennessee Volunteers, do it now. Get them while they're hot. I'd go to the Florida game. Check it. Make sure you wear the right color. Wear the wrong color. I don't really care. Um, it does look cool, so wear the right color. Yeah, what are we? We got four home games in a row? That's pretty wild. No, one's at Kentucky. Just kidding. Two home, two more home games in a row at Kentucky on the 16th. It's Rupp, big. Rupp, Rupp will be bumping then. Whether we're number one or not, which I suspect will be. We're going to erupt. Rupp. Oh, nice. Nice. Little Monte, deep three again. Dude, I remember Monte watching him shooting that and being like, what the hell? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What an like, idiot. Oh. There's like a dude like, not in his face, but defending him. And he didn't move. He just pulled up. Dude, Lamonte took a lot of crap when he first got to campus. I think. Like his first year. I think there were people who, and I was in the camp of he shoots too much, but he's our only three-point shooter, so whatever. It's kind of the same how I feel about Schofield right now. Yeah. Like if he's a shooter, you got to let him shoot. He's right. going to miss. You just got to let him shoot. Yeah, he shot well last night. So. Yeah. Maybe so, he's back. Hopefully, back. Hopefully, I try to get the brand, the the band back together. Getting the band back together. I know. I'm gonna. This title of this, um, this episode is gonna be the one with PBJ and the Volunteers, Ooh, which it shouldn't be PB and J and the Volunteers. It needs to be PBJ and the Volunteers. Peanut butter jelly and the Volunteers. Peanut butter jelly time. So it should be just peanut butter jelly time. I don't know. I like because have you heard Alexander sing? Yeah, he's got a good voice. He does have a good voice. I don't know who else plays instruments on that team. I feel like Bone plays a harmonica. He looks like a harmonica player. Bone? Yeah. Especially and, with that hair. And Bowden does like choreography, of course. <laughs> oh, of course. And uh, Lamonte. Folgers- no, Pons has to do drums with the Oh, yeah, with, with, with the that, dreads. Yeah. I wonder what Scof- or not Schofield, um, Fulgerson. Tambourine? Is he a tambourine player? He's a Moroccan. Schofield is, Schofield is a guy in School of Rock that designs the, uh, <laughs> he's the costume designer. Yeah. Yeah, Fulgerson he's, he's that is, guy. Don't be talking about my bow tie. Yeah, he's like a. I don't know what he would be. He reminds me of somebody who would definitely play like a banjo. Who's that? Fulgerson. I I'm going costume designer. I mean that's a little true. Little gay kid from School Rock. He's that dude. <laughs> I feel like that could definitely be like one of the walk-ons too. It could be. 
but I'm going to go Fulkerson because I don't know any of the white guys. Lucas Campbell. That's the only other white guy I know. And the Fleshman. Huh? Fleshman. I don't know who that is. Uh, Woodson. Oh, Brad Brad Woodson. I didn't. Yeah, I know him. And then uh, the old DC's son, Jancic. Jancic, yeah. I don't remember his first name. It's not Zach. Zach's the other one. Is it Brock? Uh, Maybe. That sounds right. That sounds right. I don't know. Speaking of football, that was a good segue into football. Yeah. Because Jancic, that's how, if you didn't follow. Um, He didn't coach here anymore, obviously, because of who knows why. I don't know. But recruiting, it was National Sign Day. I know it didn't feel like National Sign Day. Like, normally on National Sign Day, I wake up, like, happy and ecstatic. Well, not happy necessarily. Um, Hopeful is the right word. Yeah. Uh, This National Sign Day just didn't feel the same because – of early, you have so many people sign on early National Signing Day now. Yeah. yeah, and then you you really didn't think you'd get a surprise, but yeah, Christmas is here. Hopefully, this is just the beginning. Hopefully, this isn't where they top out like a lot of the recruits have in the past. Yeah, and I, I had written down where other people like went that the Vols were kind of big on, but screw them. I don't care. Okay, we're not gonna talk about. Um, that. so we're we're just gonna talk about. If you want to be talked about on this podcast? You sign with Tennessee. Exactly. That's that's the only way. Um, so the first one you got, big guy, five-star offensive tackle Darnell Wright from Huntington, West Virginia. Big guy. Big guy. Big head. 6'6", 320. Big hair. His hair has got to weigh 15 pounds. Yeah, like this guy, like, special ordered his hat to put on. No, he didn't. He didn't put on a hat. He just... <laughs> he, did put he, on just a, he did put on a hat, but it was not okay. special ordered. <laughs> like, he had to, like, unstrap it, like, all the way to the, like, as far possible as he could to put it on just over his hair. It wouldn't go on his head. That's hilarious. That's so, good. Yeah. We're, we're getting guys with big heads. That's, Special that's, order that's exactly what we need. Um, so you're able to get him, and, and you thought you were going to get him. You know, Tennessee yeah. was, was definitely in the lead for that for a long time. Um, and then you get four-star outside linebacker um, Henry Tioto. I think I said that right. I think so. That was good. That was good. I'm that's my best, my best one. Yeah. My best pronunciation. So you're able to get him. Um, from Concord, California, De La Salle, De La Salle High School, um, Tennessee, it, it didn't look like it. You know, starting the day, it looked like Tennessee was third behind Alabama and Washington. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people believe in Tennessee. I didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do like a – for Vol Recruiting Reports, I do a crystal ball thing um, for like local media, and I picked Alabama. I just thought it was too good to be true that Tennessee was actually in the running for it. And he he had taken an official visit before Alabama did. So, you know, it, it looked like Alabama was definitely um, there to steal him away. And then, and then I didn't trust that he was going to leave the West Coast. Yeah, so I, I thought, thought if Washington I mean, had a good shot. I knew you had said that. I've heard that. So I thought if he does, it's got to be for someone like Alabama. Yeah. So, you know – I watched the Facebook or not Facebook Instagram live, and he puts on a gray hat with an orange tee, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and then I was like, "Wait, he's gonna throw it? Hold on, <laughs> wait um, for it!" But he didn't. Um, and so Tennessee cannot get rid of seats because half of his family is gonna fill up a Neyland Stadium. I was wondering. I didn't know because cultural appropriation. You know how that goes nowadays. Yeah, I didn't know how to like. Whether I could tweet this, I was like, so like, do we get to do the Hawka now? Like LSU did? Dude, I hope. I'll do it. I don't know how it goes. You know, you know how it goes. I like the you get end, the, the face they make. 
It's a good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That's well timed. That's our Hawker. We just did your our Hawker. You're welcome. Some more um, important issues, Hawker. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it means, but yeah, it's just like a war chant. So I mean, oh yeah. Pretty sure it's a war chant. I think they'd have like different chants. So it's like Rocky things. Top, but for Hawaiian people, Islanders, yeah, Pacific Islanders, yeah, um, all sorts of Pacific Islanders, all sorts of them. But you know that that was a big get, and you have to tip your hat to Brian Niedermeyer. Yeah, he is big country. He is I know some people better. call him Moose, but I feel like Big Country suits him better. Yeah, not Moose. <laughs> like, what is a Moose? Moose. You don't know what a Moose is. I mean, like. <laughs> Moose, like he—he's a southern guy. It's—he's not a moose. Is he a southern guy? I don't know where he's from. I don't know he's anything about him. Gotta be surely. Let's look him up real quick. Why you're why you're following up? Um, but I mean, he is—he is ranked by two four seven as the number one recruiter in the nation. Yeah, he's gonna—he's gonna get their recruiting award. It was tweeted today. They were working on a story. Um, this afternoon. So. Yeah. So you know, big props to him. You know, he was definitely a. Huge key to Tennessee's success, getting him um, hired as tight ends coach. And he's, he's recruited Darnell Wright, Henry Tuoto, Gavaris Crouch, Tyus Fields, Jackson Lowe, Savion Williams, and Sean Brown. So all those guys he's brought in just this recruiting class and been the primary recruiter. And, and then Tennessee was able to add a under-the-radar guy in um, Kenny Solomon from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The, okay, Moose does fit him. The man is from Eagle River, Alaska. Oh, that does. Wow. Fit. The, how did, how but did he's all involved? southern. He's all southern now, man. He's worked at Glendale, or that's Arizona. He's worked at uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Miami, which is like not really southern, but it's south. East Texas Baptist University, and then Georgia, Alabama, and now here. That man's a thoroughbred. Yeah, he's got. He's he's worked his way south. Um, what about a buffalo? He could be. He could be a buffalo. Yeah, I think. I don't really know. What about a grizzly bear? That man's a bear. Bear. Um, but Kenny Solomon from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, is a is a three star cornerback, the number one hundred forty first cornerback in the nation. He he ran a, I think a four four forty at the Duke camp. Hasn't taken an unofficial visit to Tennessee or. Hasn't taken a, an official visit to Tennessee, so that blue shirt is still up in the air. I don't know what Tennessee's plans with that is, but they're able to, to lock him down. I think you know all you want to do is add depth at this point because who do you have right now? You have Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor, Balaam Buchanan, um, Markwell Osborne transferred. So then you got Warren Burrell and Tyus Fields. Um, then other than that, you have three, pretty much three corners, three starting corner spots. And five people there right now. So you, you definitely needed to add some depth there. So, you know, I think he can come in, maybe redshirt and, you know, be be a player on special teams and then maybe work his way in the lineup later on down the road. Yeah. But big – I think – Sorry, go ahead. You're, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, this class obviously rounded out really nicely. All the guys you mentioned are um, not only starred well, but they posted – um, either good times or good numbers at com or at camps. Sorry, um, but the biggest thing for this class that I look at is yeah, you're at the number twelve ranking. You moved up, and that's a pretty good ranking considering who's in front of you and who's behind you. But you addressed your needs. Yeah. Um, you went out and you said, "This is what we got to do." We got four offensive linemen. I think I screenshot it with great size, and then they've also been, you know, um, 
So you got five offensive linemen in this class. Five offensive linemen, but there were four that were just like freaks, like six, three and above, oh, yeah. two ninety plus. Like they had the size to be offensive linemen. It was said we're going to go out and get a dress. I don't know who the. It might have been five that I read, but instead of four, but you went out and you addressed the needs that you needed to. You needed to get. You talked about the speed we've gotten at DB. That was a big need that needed to be addressed. I mean, you might you know you might be you might have great ball skills. You might. Um, you know, you might be a, a stronger guy, but first you got to put yourself in a position to make those plays yeah. before you can do it. So speed's a big factor there. And I hate the whole, if you run a 4-3-40, you're going to get an offer because not every guy who runs a 4-3-40 belongs on a football field, but that's the first part of it. Offer him. That's the first part of it. I wouldn't say offer him. Cody Blanc got offered for that reason. <laughs> he could have been good. Doubt. Um, what? But you ran I'm, a four four. A four three. If you run a four three, I'm offering you. If you run a four four, then we got to talk about if you can catch a football. Uh, I mean, like Hussein Bolt runs a four three or four two. Yeah, I'm offering him. I just you. I, he probably can't catch a football. <laughs> Damn, he can field a kickoff and run that bitch back. <laughs> Maybe if he doesn't get hit, his shit rocked on the first row. He's gone. think about how hard that he's man running. Runs like a horse. Think about how hard he's running. If he gets hit by a big dude, he's just getting like. Think about the force that gets that's going to be used in that hit. But like what you? I mean, you put your worst players on kickoff. Like that's what they're not playing in kickoff for, for a reason. Not in college. Alabama's over there got five star freshmen running kickoff. <laughs> that, that that's not the same. I'm just saying, not every fast guy you know, rolls over to. For me, if you player. run a if you can run a four three, in front of me, I'm offering you on the spot. I don't care what you. I mean, that's what college football coaches do, and it doesn't always pan out. Sometimes it pans out. Yeah, it's not always going to pan out, but shoot it, nine times out of ten, it better. I just, if I watch a kid drop a football, like in a practice, I and mean, the man there, runs a four three forty. There's a difference <laughs> in being unathletic and uncoordinated. But if you run a four three, good lord, you have to have some athletic ability. You would think. Oh, I'm not talking about just athletic ability, but like if you don't have some of the things it takes to play football, like you might be able to run a four three forty, but the first time you get hit, you whine like a baby. I don't know if you're going to be cut out for D one. Yeah, you get that's hurt. True. I mean, there's just things. I got. I'm I'm against the whole. You run a four three forty, you're offered because I've seen guys that we played against that are really fast, and they get offered, and I'm like, what the. That's true. He yeah, just the, runs past people. Yeah, the Cody Blanc, that was that was dumb. And he was good in he was good in high school, but Yeah. He, he was fat. He, all he had to do was run past people and get a ball thrown to him. Yeah. That was it. It it would be hard for me for somebody to run a four three at my camp. It'd be, be like, hard. I, because, I mean because I mean they there's, definitely, there's a difference you in definitely get on, speed you, and yeah. and speed without you definitely get on my radar. If you run four three, like I'm like, hey, what's your name? Yeah, where do you? Who, what's your parents' name? Where do you go to school? Yeah, um, like we're definitely gonna be talking. Do you have any? What's your huddle huddle phone? Yeah, we're definitely gonna be chatting after that. You need to see if you run a four three forty in front of me. Um, but you know these guys, you know you you talked about how they they met needs. They also got a bunch of guys who can make an immediate impact. Yeah. Um, you know you look at guys like Eric Gray, Jalen McCullough, Crouch, Keaton, Morris, Darnell Wright. Henry Chioto, those guys have played big time football, mm-hmm. um, and, and are ready to be able to. Even Chris Akpogan at IMG Academy, they they play all over all over the country. Um, so you have guys that have played big time football, um, and who can come in and you know get in a weight program, get in the playbook, and can be on the field come fall. 
Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of guys who can be there. And I think the biggest question still, not only, I mean, offensive line is a big question, but you also got to assume like three of these guys are going to start. So it's not the biggest question. Yeah. <laughs> um, how they're going to play maybe is a big question. Who's our starting quarterback, you think, come fall? I know this is way too early, like way too early, but. Yeah. And there's um, guys we've never seen. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think starting, if we're just starting camp, I guess, it would have to be Garantano. It would have to be, right. And I think the first game, there's no doubt it was Garantano. Unless, unless someone, Kelly Bryant comes in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless someone like just that. comes out and really impresses, which is, I mean, I guess possible, but it's unlikely. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Shroud. There's a lot of talent now. Whereas, like, last year, I don't think there was maybe talent, but not as not as polished. They hadn't been. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I do Shroud's going to be better than he was last year. I think Harrison Bailey, when he's able to get here in the 2020 class, that he might give Garantano a run. Yeah. But other than that, unless um, Maurer just comes in and, and blows it up. I want to hear more about Maurer. I mean, he has to have raw talent, right, to throw for 3,000 yards. and But his team was terrible. That's yeah. what I don't understand. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you throw for that much, though, you've got to have some. You got to have some arm strength. You got to be able to sling the ball. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I, I don't mean, I've watched what, his highlights, but it's tough to judge by highlights. Yeah, and say I don't how know what are. kind of classification or anything that was to be able to really. Oh, well, they're in eight A. It does make me feel better that. Um, I mean, I think Dan Mullen was late in his recruiting. I think it was even. It might have just been a walk-on spot, but. Dan Mullen, like Florida was upset. Like Florida fans were upset that he didn't come to Florida. Yeah. That makes me feel better. <laughs> like I don't know if you've seen his Twitter, but. Yeah, and he didn't have just a ton of offers, but he really showed out at the Elite 11. Um, he was, I forgot he was an Elite 11 QB. So, I mean, he did have an offer from Ohio State, Pitt. Um, I feel Texas, like Texas A&M. West Virginia. So, I mean, he has some decent offers in you there. Know, I mean, I like Shrout. I do. I think he's got a lot of talent. But I feel like if anybody's going to beat out Garantano this year, it's got to be Maurer that comes in and just shreds it. Yeah. Like, if Shrout was going to beat him out, he probably would have beat him out last year. And I think we, we talked about last year for Shrout to beat out Garantano, Garantano last year that he'd have to be head and shoulders better than him. Yeah. That, that is true. I mean, because they probably would have redshirted him if they could have. So, that's, yeah. that's true. So maybe maybe he now just has to be a little bit better than him to right. to get that nod. Didn't that's a good point. Um probably true. Yeah, this class though, it, it rounded up nicely. Um they all came later in the day. It was kind of a sit and wait game. Um I don't think unless something's happened while we started recording, Tioto has had his paperwork sent in. Um we'll get into that in our Jumbotron too, how like I'm not counting him. <laughs> yeah, even without sure. even without him though, this is probably you know, not probably. This is a good class. Um, but I mean, yeah, probably the best offensive line class in the nation. Oh, surely, right? If yeah. there's anybody better, I'll I'd love to see that. Yeah, and it's probably Alabama, and it's terrifying. Right? Alabama signed 27 guys. I'm sure they've got. Yeah, and M signed 27 guys. I'm pretty impressed by that. You know, Jimbo Fisher is definitely a good recruiter. I hope they start giving Alabama, like actually giving them a run. And it's it's really weird. I'm so glad Nick Saban didn't go to like Georgia or Florida because it would be. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. For all that talent to be in Florida. Right. And for him just – luckily there's not a ton of – there's some talent in Alabama, but there's not a ton. It's not – it's it, no Florida yeah, or Georgia it, talent. Yeah. Or Texas yeah. or yeah. California. So, um, yep. But I, I'm excited about this class. You know, getting these guys today, I'm just like, 
yep, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to buy season tickets again and get all excited. I'll um, be there. And we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But I definitely – it's – it's definitely a great time to be a Tennessee Vol. Right. Um, you know, your basketball program and Jeremy uh, Pruitt talked about that. How yeah, the basketball and that's really encouraging that that's improved because like all right, there's a lot of positives happening in the world of like recruiting for basketball. Like it's not like you're sitting here looking and going, It's gonna be sad when Schofield leaves and probably Grant leaves. But you've got guys coming in, Burns is sitting on the bench right now, probably one of the better players on that roster. At least naturally gifted, mm-hmm. better better players on that roster. Josiah James coming in. We're getting we got a recruit coming on campus for the uh, I think Kentucky game. That'll be big. Um, yeah, a, a five star this week too. And f- okay, so we'll have someone in for Florida as well. Like we're getting big name guys that want to be a part of it. So how awesome would it be in the next five years if you have you know a Tennessee basketball Elite Eight Final Four run and we're playing in the SEC championship, which I don't think could happen in the next four. Or five, you know, it it's going to take the next four or five years to get there. But, I mean, if those things can bounce off of each other, yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, I'm not counting on it because that's and, in a And you're definitely world, getting guys in here that can change a program. Right. But that's crazy to hear that, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, everywhere he goes, people want to know what's going on in the basketball team. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So. And I feel like that's kind of what helps Kentucky recruit a little bit. It's got yeah, I'm sure. And Duke as well. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure, like, a place like Tennessee, too, it can help you get baseball players and um, those smaller track, those mm-hmm. guys on campus. Like, they just want to – you You want to be a part of a successful athletic program. Like, unless you're just the best of the best as, like, a track star, that's the only way, you know, like you're winning a national championship every year. That's the only way you're going to, like, a Florida State or an Oregon, somewhere yeah. that does that, or Stanford. Other than that, if you're, like, you know, if you're out of that top ten, you're going to find a school that you want to be at. That yeah, I mean, can just compete. just think about like Loyola Chicago last year. Probably half the country didn't even know that was a thing, right? And then you know, what if they were to offer like your kid or something, right? You'd be like, oh, that's the team who went to the, the yeah. It helps you get the final four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they were in the Sweet or Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was a team who went to the Elite Eight and you know had a good run. You're like, okay, that that makes sense. So. Yep. It it definitely doesn't hurt that your basketball team is successful. Oh no, it it's it's awesome. I'm sure it'll help us going. Um, did you hear? Speaking of other programs, did you hear uh, Tony Vitello's talk? Him talking in his press conference. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you learn in the first year? If you didn't listen, he was like, um, he said that he was. Uh, oh my gosh, he said I've learned a couple of things to find out where the ESPN mics are, and then maybe watch your language around them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear those because, like, I mean, I didn't. I watched a few games on TV, um, but never noticed anything like that, and I feel like I would have. Yeah, so, I didn't really notice that either, and I really gave up yeah. with the team, which I'm excited um, for this baseball season as well. Yeah, it's looking. I mean, it's looking like they it's going to be a number good. five recruiting class coming. Yeah, in. Uh, you've got Vitello, who's in his second year. He's talked about how he's more comfortable, and I think one of the big things that he said, and if you've ever coached, this is big, is like you're more comfortable making mistakes, and that sounds crazy, but like. That gives you an edge to to kind of um, to make decisions that could end up being mistakes. It allows you to be more flexible. I think you know if you look at some of the decisions that some of the best head coaches have made, they they make decisions that could end up being disasters. But they trust that you know they trust their gut, trust what they've seen, trust what they've learned, 
and go with it, knowing that it could backfire. Yeah, and that's kind of as a coach, you got to be aggressive. You can't be conservative. There's definitely times to be both, but I'd say you know in your first year, you're definitely as a head coach too at a major program. You're sitting, you know, you get you probably overplay scenarios way too much in your head. So now this year, he can go out willing to make mistakes to get better. Yeah, so that's big. The I don't know what everybody else has finished out. The soccer team is bringing in the number four recruiting class too. They just came off a historic year. It's a it's a great time yeah. to be a Vol and um, be a, a part of a recruiting class. Yeah. Um, teams that have done well. You've had the softball team that's been good for centuries under the weeklies. Um, and then the volleyball team coming off a historic run to the NCAA tournament. Track and fields had several people go to the national championships. I don't think they've been as a team. Um, but they're, I mean, they're, they're building facilities over there every day. They, they've got Olympic-level trainers and uh, coaches and athletes on campus like Swim team, I think, has done well this year. Like, there's a lot of good athletics going on right now at Tennessee. And you got to thank the the man upstairs and Philip Fulmer. Yeah, <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, I was actually talking about this the other day, how, like, I'm not bashing Philip Fulmer at all, but, like, Dave Hart, for everything he did wrong, there were a couple things he did really well. Barnes is one of the hires he did well. He hired Brian Penske. Um, you know, and then even, uh, what's his name, Curry hired Vitello. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, for all the mistakes that have been made, there have been some good moves made on Rocky Top outside of, you know, just Philip Former. Philip Former made the volleyball hire, Pruitt hire, obviously. Um, you know, there he's he's done a lot. He's done a lot of good in his little over a year. But yeah. we've also gotten lucky, too. We've had a lot of guys make some decisions that have panned out, and some that have obviously not. <laughs> we won't get into that, though, because it's a happy time. It's fun. It's a happy time. Um Jumping into our segments, we've got our Jumbotron. I said I'd save the uh, hat tossing and, and stuff for for later. This is when we're doing it. I've got the We've got the worst signing day announcements. Um, there's been some bad ones over the year. You've had guys do some really tacky stuff. Um, you've had some guys do some really dumb stuff. And then some other things that just haven't panned out their way over yep. the years. There have been some bad ones. There have been. Um, one that I'm going to lead off with that when I did some research, I was like, I need to make sure I get the best of the best here. This is one story I didn't know about probably cause it happened in 1989, but this happened to Tennessee in 1989. I figured my dad would have told me about this. Dallas Carter, Derek Evans. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's from Dallas Carter. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So signed with Tennessee while sipping wine in a hot tub. But before he ever got on campus, he got 20 years in prison for a series of armed robberies of video stores. That's how old this story is. Video stores and fast food restaurants. Nice. So, so probably he, not sipping wine in a hot tub anymore. <laughs> but he's out now. So he, he is out now. So he maybe, is his does he still have eligibility left? Is his letter of intent okay? Like, is it, can we still use <laughs> still it? Still good. I know he's been working out. As in long prison. as it was faxed in, it's good. I know he's been working out in prison. <laughs> I know it. My first one will be uh, Kevin Hart. That's um, a good one. In, in 2008, um, he had a hat ceremony uh, for Cal. He had the hats of Cal and Oregon. Um, pick Cal over Oregon, um, but come to find out, none of those teams even offered him. Dude, I'm impressed. I'm so impressed with that lie. Yeah, and everybody came, and there there was reporters, and um, all the the faculty and staff, his family came, but all of it was made up. Which I don't know how like no one else knows about your recruiting. Well, and so I was reading about that story. This has been a while ago when I read about it. So I guess while no one figured out, he was the first player from his town to sign D1s. I guess his coaches just weren't familiar with the process. Mm. So they probably weren't calling coaches like, hey, did you offer him? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I'm I'm wondering like, if that 
happens more often where players are like, yeah, I got offered by that team. But supposedly he like went D2. Yeah. So. That's pretty wild. Lucky guy then. But I'm surprised any Didn't team. make it to Cal. I guess you had to be decent enough for a team to be like, wow, you did all that and we're going to take a chance on you? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he had to be decent. Yeah. Um, mine is uh, Floyd Raven from Texas A&M. Um, I guess his mom got money delivered to him from Ole Miss uh, because he planned on signing with Texas A&M, but his mom forged a signature, uh, sent it to Ole Miss. They asked for a confirmation and obviously never got it because it wasn't his signature. <laughs> So, but his, his, uh, he was like, defended his mom. He's like, he, she just, just doing what she thought was the best for me. Yeah. But I guess she just got that million dollar delivery from Houston nut and thought we're going to Ole Miss. <laughs> money, the money back came from yeah, Ole Miss. We're going to Ole Miss. Did you see Houston nuts quote? No. He was just like, yeah, his mom really wanted to come here. So <laughs> yeah, um, we sent his mom money. So yeah. Um, so my next one is, uh, Bryce Brown, um, was, the nation's top recruit um, and was assisted by Brian Butler, who was a former felon. Um, and Butler published updates on Brown's status to a single player pay website. And you had to pay $19.99 a month for news about um, Bryce Brown. Dude, that one's incredible. That's smart. Yeah. So Brown committed to Miami, but didn't sign on signing day. He waited so long that the offer expired and then ended up um, signing with Tennessee. Then ended up going to Kansas and or Kansas State, and then ended up being part of the Philadelphia Eagles. Very so weird. Definitely t- some talent there, but I don't think he was he was all right in the head. He took a weird track, and I'm sure Tennessee had a, a nice Brinks truck pulled up to his house after Miami. They found out he wasn't going to Miami. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, my next one is this poor mother, um, Landon Collins, and. Uh, Gerald Willis, two years apart, brothers. Um, both didn't sign with Alabama, who the mom wanted to, and she was visibly upset in their commitment videos. Um, Landon Collins signed with – or sorry, they wanted him to sign with LSU. She wanted both of them to sign with LSU. Collins committed to Alabama, and she, I think, left and was wearing purple and gold, wanted him to go to LSU. So Tigers are paying good. <laughs> and then her other son, Gerald Willis – Went to Florida while she was also sporting yellow and gold in some fashion. And then she said, LSU's still number one. <laughs> so poor mom. She just couldn't win. Couldn't win. Go Tigers. Go oh, that Tigers. <clears throat> yeah, um, gumbo, gumbo real good down there. We're going to LSU. So my next one is going to be T.Y. Hilton. Um, he wanted to sign with West Virginia, but his son uh, kept – he, his son picked the FIU hat eight different times. So he was like, all right, I'm going to FIU. Come to the FIU. <laughs> Florida International. So uh, It worked I mean, out for him. It worked out all right. This was after the fight of Miami, of course. Also, that had to be better than Morgantown. Oh, yeah. Like, FIU has to be. I don't even know where FIU at. Has to be. It's in Florida. Has to be better than, has to be better than Morgantown. I'm look that up. I kind of want to know where that's at. Are you all going to go to uh, FAU when you go to... Because aren't y'all kind of staying – I mean, y'all said you're staying just north of Miami, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be somewhat close to FAU. It's got to be. So, it's it's in Miami. Oh, nice. Greater Miami. Miami. So, yeah, it's definitely better. That was, pro- that was probably a fun three years that uh, yeah. that T.Y. Hilton had down there. If you're smart, when you go to a school in Miami, you redshirt your freshman year, so you don't really have to do anything. That's a pro move. 
Redshirt. Redshirt your first year in Miami. Or even, so even better, Redshirt when you're Miami 21. It's Miami-Dade with its main campus in University Park. I don't know where University Park's at. Is that in Orlando? No, it's... it's they, they're both like in Miami? Yeah. Okay. Got gotcha. in Miami. Um... Some yeah, that's all. That's all mine. Is that all yours? Yeah, uh, stupidity is an epidemic. Stupidity. Do you have those up? Yeah, my first one. I just took the stats off. Oh well, you'll get this. Uh, ESPN two apparently said last night that, um, or sorry today, excuse me, that Cordell Patterson wasn't much of a factor at Tennessee. Um, who said that? ESPN two. I guess today during signing day stuff. Um, you probably weren't paying attention. In 2012, and that's fine. You, they, I know what happened. We were we were playing a close game with Troy, but their policy wasn't to switch to the next game. So they 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 or their policy was already wasn't in place where they keep it on. So they flipped us to ESPN News, and the next game on ESPN two came on. So they never got to see Cordero Patterson score touchdowns because their policy. So I understand. I get it. I get it. Um. So my first one is Danny Cannell, which is he's an idiot, um, <laughs> known idiot. <laughs> yeah, he said Coach Taggart just did something a lot of coaches or programs would never do. He plays character over winning. Proud to see him take this stance, Knowles. Oh God. So Francois got kicked off the team for um, domestic abuse. Dude, he's not even that good. No, like that's an easy get, get rid of there. Yeah, <laughs> like and, go to go to East Mississippi and get get out of here. And then. Cannell says that most programs wouldn't place character over winning. Um, I feel like that's like coaching one on one. Yeah, that's like the norm. Also, I will say one thing about Bush Jones is his policy on that was very good, better yeah. than most. Yeah, and I know people like Saban aren't going to get rid of people like right. that, but and Urban Meyer, but any coach, any coaches with any decency. Have you seen all the stories about that? Apparently, the girl apologized on Instagram for like resurfacing it. Yeah, I was like, "What is going on?" Like, somebody in Florida State dropped her some money off at her front porch. Is what happened. Do you have another one? That was all I got for this week. The stupid people have stayed off my Twitter line. So, congrats, y'all are doing well. I want to like call Charlie Burris out for saying he could not care less about the new Avengers movie. Um. But I guess that's my personal opinion, so I'm not going to... Here's my question. If you're a big Avengers fan... Like, I'm not a big Avengers fan, so I don't care that much. So that's fair, but I wouldn't waste my time tweeting about it. Yeah. So that's weird. Took a lot of backlash from it. <laughs> but, um... So Matt Daniel, at Vols Picks, if you know who that is. Big on Instagram. Um, but Chris Akpirogane said he, he's blessed to see 19. It was his birthday. And there's a picture of him doing a squat. And then Matt Daniel um, commented on it and said, "You got to be like six six. Them recruiting sites have it wrong. Happy birthday, bro." Huh. I mean, he calls him six six, but the dude's doing a squat, so I don't know how, how you. Look, can I, do you have a picture of the squat? Well, I mean, did he measure it? A screenshot. Oh, uh, okay, like, okay, okay. Interesting. But he's like he's how actually be in the squat, yeah. so I don't know how you can tell the guy six six from doing a squat. But mm, I don't know. Apparently, you can. Interesting. It's very interesting. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. You you can't the trick question you can't tell. <laughs> that, that, that that was a rough one, um, guys. Thank you all for listening. You're gonna Ooh, listen. I got one more. Oh, you got one more. Okay. Go Orange ahead. and white report. Oh um, yeah. And I, I it was at O and W report. 
They said Lamonte Turner is pretty solid 100% from three tonight. One for one. Interesting. Like, what? I don't think you should say that. <laughs> don't call it 100%. And then they commented on it and said he missed one with a um, frowny face. I just don't understand. Like, he's pretty solid. He's 100%. only shot one shot. I mean, that's really solid 100%. <laughs> yeah, but one. Like, why would you tweet 100% if you only shot one shot? That's what I'm getting from that. <laughs> yeah. And then, they, then he shoots his second and misses it, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Got to comment on that. That's weird. That's strange. Um, thank you all for listening. By the time you hear this tomorrow, it'll be Landon's birthday. So tweet him. He is 38. Wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not 38. He's 24. Wish him a happy birthday. I, I, other than that. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you have an embarrassing picture, tweet that as well. I'm another year uglier. <laughs> okay. Was, you're not ugly. Are you fish, You're fishing for compliments. That was mean. No, I'm, I'm definitely ugly. You're not ugly, Landon. I appreciate that. You, you can keep this up. I will go, I'll, we'll have another hour. We just go back and forth. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Happy National Signing Day. Happy that Tennessee sports are not just in a complete spiral like they used to be. Man, what a time to be evolved. We're bringing the boat in and we out.